after you've been struck by lightning loops. There's still the fury of rolling thunder. The deafening roar and cyclone force of Great Adventure's two mighty new wood coasters. You're plunged from the top of a towering drop, white-knuckled and trembling, lashed to and fro, screaming through space. 50 miles an hour, you ride out the rage of its hurricane blow. Rolling thunder. Have you got what it takes to weather the storm? Rolling thunder, only at Great Adventure. Great Adventure would like you to experience the ultimate thrill. First, you drop ten stories. Then hurtle forward into a 360-degree loop. And if that's not enough, you'll do it backward. Six Flags Great Adventure introduces the ultimate thrill, the new Ultra Twister. Once you ride it, you may never be the same. Ultra Twister, only at Great Adventure. <laughs> Let's be honest. If you rode the Ultra Twister, you were lucky. That ride was down more than it was up. But it was a good ride when it was up. <laughs> yeah, every time before you knew it. But I got I rode it once and, and I got stuck in the just me? Awesome. <laughs> is it just me or was that not Rolling Thunder in the Rolling Thunder commercial? No, I thought that too when I saw it, but I was laughing because that's the real commercial for it. <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, man. Well, hello and welcome to episode six of Some Great Adventures, the podcast where old friends who met and worked for a significant amount of time at Six Flags Great Adventure in Jackson, New Jersey, chat about our time at the park. I'm Steve Hicks. My co-hosts are... Scott Loudon. Chris Peluso. Andy, you're a co-host now. I just forgot to get promoted. Uh, our podcast continues to be made possible by our friends at the Shared Universe Podcast Studio. Ming Chen is running things behind the scenes right now. I think he might be uh, passing off the big kahuna later on. Um, look them up on Facebook or their direct website if you have any interest in podcasting. They can help you do it all. We're also on Facebook Live, and the video will be available on our Facebook page after it's done. And it's live right now, obviously. Today is the first of our two-part episode, East vs. West Challenge. On this episode, Andy and I, along with two of our special guests, will explain why we firmly believe the motto, West is best. Next month, Chris and Scott and their guests will explain why they think the East is the bee's knees, because there's nothing else that rhymes with East. So that's all I can come up with. <laughs> to be clear, we're defining West as the fountain to the arena, so it's really ride sections 120 and 130. And east is the fountain to the employee area. So it's ride sections 140, 150, and 160. So I'm very happy to introduce our two special guests, both part of our Western Rides family, Debbie Levine and Tony Rosa. We always like to hear our guests' own history in the park before we start and kick off anything else. So with that, I'm going to pass it off to Debbie. Give us your history. When did you start and why did you end up leaving? <laughs> oh, sadness. Hey, everybody. Uh, Debbie Levine. Um, back then, I was Debbie Cohen. I worked at Great Adventure. Uh, in 1985, I started. Uh, one of my friends came up to me and said, hey, I'm going to apply for a job. Come with me. Little did I know I was going to end up working there for seven years. I worked there in 85 to 91, started at the paddle boats, just like Steve and Andy did. Battle yeah. boat. Battle boats. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's a small place. You guys. How about that, right? <laughs> you were the paddle boats. Yeah. yeah. Well, a lot of times, if you got put in 120, it was kind of the equivalent where if you got put in 160, they didn't automatically put you on Congo Rapids. 
they yeah. usually put you in Koala fucking Canyon <laughs> and you work your way up to it. The paddle boats was kind of the starter ride too. So yeah. yeah. Uh, after paddle boats went to log flume, got promoted to assistant lead to lead, then promoted to supervisor. Then I went on to be a training supervisor in the training center, then 150 suit, then 140 suit, 160 suit. So I bring some unique perspective to this little debate that we're having here because I started in Western, of course, West is best, and <laughs> went on to the other sections as well. So um, I really only left because I went away to school. I decided to go on for my bachelor's degree, moved to Florida. So. Um, but definitely during those years, I made some of the best friendships ever. Still maintain many of them. Uh, my family, what can I say? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. What was it like? What, what was it like being in the training suit? Um, actually, that was kind of great because I that's where I really met people from all the other sections there too. Um, being in there, I felt like I had so much experience and knowledge to share with everybody. Uh, all the newbies, all the orientation, and that's actually part of some of my career now. Uh, mentoring is a big part of that. Uh, I'm in fundraising now, uh, but I'd love to be able to help all the people who are just, you know, coming into the field. And so that was kind of fun to be able to share that stuff, uh, you know, with all the new ride operators. Yeah, I think a lot of us have, have figured that out, that like a lot of our successes has come from stuff that we learned absolutely from absolutely. our time during the park. Like it, it's it's amazing how that is, especially if you went into the corporate world, you would never think you're being trained properly for the corporate world. But, you know, when you have guests that are threatening to punch you in the face and then you're only handling a call center, it's like threaten all you want. You're on the phone. Fuck you. you know? <laughs> what are you going to do to exactly. me? You know? <laughs> I unloaded a big wheel, bitch. You don't do nothing. You know? like, yeah, it's it's unbalanced. Exactly. <laughs> serious training. Hey, Debbie, were you a 140 soup in 1990? I was. You were my first ride supervisor. I thought so. I thought so, right? You were like Rotor or something. I was a Buccaneer. Buccaneer. Right. Buccaneer attendant. Right now, Scott's trying to remember, did Debbie give me my first or my second almost firing right up? Which no. one was it? <laughs> I was clean in 1990, my friend. It was that I went off the rails. <laughs> I don't believe you were ever clean, but whatever you say, Scott. <laughs> but I remember one story from you. It was like, it shows how the park changed from the time I started to the time I left. It was like one of the ride attendants at the bumper cars was like messing around with a guest who was unruly and like, you know, was pretending to like swing the height stick at him. And I thought he was going to get in trouble. And you're like, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I, I believe it was you. Yeah. But. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Let, let's be honest. It was probably somebody you liked, somebody that was like a good employee generally, and you're like, ah, they get a pass. That Scott guy, though, don't fucking swing that skip. Don't, don't, don't yeah. swing that guy. I, mean, I, I definitely had the, yeah. you know, um, I, I guess people obviously said, thought that I was, you know, sweet and friendly and kind and whatever, but I have a side to me where, you know, I'm a rule follower and definitely like um, would make sure that the people who are not following the rules were. Definitely got right up some things like that too. But right. obviously, if you're doing a job and you showed up, you know, um, you're, I'm going to get along with you. So it's a good thing you weren't my supervisor in '91. Then I probably would have been in before the end of that. <laughs> so you're fun. You're a little bit different, I think, than most of us, Debbie. So you didn't spend most of your time in West. You actually only spent like a portion in West, and you spent uh, a good right. Portion it was everywhere. Like three years, yeah, before. 
Yeah. Okay. yeah. You know, I did work some of the winters and stuff too. So, you know, I was there in the off seasons too. So I have some of that uh, back <laughs> too. Gotcha. But the years in Western were just, you know, what can I say? Awesome years. Like, you know, we, we've talked about this um, you know, outside of this, just all the friendships that we made, you know, right. and working night shift, there's nothing like that. Yeah. Because you know, we're cleaning up afterwards and we're going to parties afterwards and we're going to Wawa afterwards and, Wawa, yes. Yeah. Wawa, I love it. Yeah. Um, I was back when it was the little Wawa, not the big one. I met my husband there too, my former husband there too. So, like, you know, what can I say? It's, it's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, Tony. Yeah. Tony, there goes the neighborhood. Who let him in here? <laughs> <laughs> So uh, a little bit of my history, uh, I started in the park in 89. Um, at the time that I started, it was one of the only jobs uh, around me that you could get because they had bus transportation back then. So um, they used to bus us from the base at the time I lived on base. Um, they used to bus us right in. So I started um, as a orange tag at 15. And at the time, and Scott knows this, you could only uh, work two departments really, and that was grounds or foods. Uh, so I, uh, I ended up working foods that first year, um, which was, you know, an interesting experience. I worked all over the park. I was afloat. So I got a little taste of every, everywhere in the park. Um, and then as soon as I turned 16, I was trying to get into rides cause that's really where everybody wanted to go. That was the department. Right. Um, so I worked in rides from after 89, from 90 until about 96, uh, I worked in rides all in the Western end, which is the best, right? Um, I was lead, well, my first ride was Coaster, um, which I have a special place in my heart for that ride, for sure. That was in 1990. Uh, from then I moved on to uh, Western Cables, uh, became lead there. Um, I was lead at Mine Train, Log Flume, and then back at Coaster my last year uh, in rides. Uh, and that was, I think that was 96. And then 96, I worked in uh, the foods office for a short time. And then I worked um, in a department called Point of Sales or POS. And I spent yes. the rest of my time um, in POS until I left the park in 2000. Um, POS were basically, um, it was like a really not well-known department in the park. Um, there was only a handful of us in that department, but uh, it was awesome. I mean, you got to go all around the park. We fixed all the registers, um, you know, all of the point of sales equipment. We dealt with um, investigations during my time there as well. We turned a lot of people um, for, you know, theft and things like that. That was an interesting part of the job. Um, and I worked there all the way, even after I graduated college, I used to work there, you know, on the weekends, but then it just got too much. I was working like two jobs and yeah, that was it for me. Gotcha. You uh you have a unique thing though because I believe for a six month period the second half of one season you worked on a special project. Oh yes, yeah. I forgot to mention I was part of the Frontier Project uh, that Andy and Steve bailed on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that was that was interesting. Um, I think it was a it was a great idea. I just think that starting that in the middle of the season maybe was not the best plan um, that they had. I think that if we knew, if everybody knew what they were getting into in the beginning of that season, I think maybe there'd been much more success, but it was, 
it was kind of chaotic in the beginning and then at the end of it, um, it just ended up that instead of working multiple departments like foods and grounds, everybody just kind of worked their own original department and a few people floated um, and, and, and kind of bounced around. But um, but yeah, I think that, that was a one and done. I think initially they wanted to do that throughout the whole park, but you know, for whatever reason, they scrapped that idea. I think there was a good idea in, you know, in concept, but right, right. it didn't work out. Yeah, we still want to talk about that. We 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 might we might have a, an episode where we definitely do a little bit of a more focus on that project that still interests the crap out of us, which is ironic because when it happened, me and Andy couldn't be less interested. <laughs> we couldn't run from that any faster. Yeah. I don't know if anybody was interested in it. <laughs> Somebody must have been up top. But it's true. The, the few people I talked to about it, like Tony, were always like, "Well, I mean, I didn't really have a choice. I kind of was stuck there. If I, you know, I had to do it. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> so, it's kind of funny." Exactly. I don't right. know. You have Tony as a witness here for why West is best, and you're going to bring him back for 120 project. This is a little uh, 34 here. <laughs> well, remember, remember, strike this 120 witness. project is a, its own thing. That's not a West thing. That was a. If that succeeded, that was going to be like the Borg. It was taking over the whole park. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> had right. nothing to do with West. They yeah. just decided because West is best, we might as well start it in the best section. And then put it out to the peon sections. I think that's how it started. Uh, but, yeah. You know, and that's possible. Uh, it's one perspective. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they figured who really goes to that section anyway. What was the deal with 140 being part of the East? I thought nobody was taking responsibility. you're on the call. I always said it's from the fountain over. That's what <laughs> I, I said. That was a neutral Absolutely. zone. There's no, no. 140. There's no. Nope. But what I, say, <laughs> what I did say is you don't have to talk about a specific section if you don't want to, which is the perfect segue. So let's 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 get into our conversation about the West Side. So I think it's safe to say that none of us here were 130 soups and none of us were ever assigned to 130. So our focus is not going to be on 130. It's going to be on 120 because that's where we really have our love for the park. Um, but but unlike you guys who just want to pretend Fantasy Forest doesn't exist, okay, I'm not going to pretend 130 doesn't exist because there's definitely people in 130 who love 130. And, you know, I'm a firm believer in – Probably wherever you spent the most time in those years, those teenage years, and liked it, fully liked it, had fun. That's where you're gonna. That's where your love's gonna be. So for me, I spent the most time as a black tag and rides, a red tag and rides in 120, and then a blue tag everywhere. But I'm not gonna lie. Even even as a blue tag, it's it's an equal love between my time in 160 and my time in 120. Very split down the middle. But if I had to say where my love of the park came from, it came because all my best years were as a black tag and a red tag in 120. That that was you know that's where I never felt like I was working. The guests could piss me off all I want, but everybody I'm working with, we all laughed at them, so it didn't matter. Like nothing bothered us. It was always just pure. I look forward to getting up and going to work. I can't say I do that every day now, but I certainly <laughs> did back then, you know? So that's a different mentality. And I think that's where you fall into your love of the park. Now, unfortunately for you, Scott, you weren't allowed to be cool and come to 120. So you don't know the love of the West, okay? We well, kept your kind on the other side. God, I think you're as cool as they come, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I digress. <laughs> 
So there is one thing. I somebody named Marcus just posted Dream Streets. So yeah, okay. I can't ignore one forty yeah. because the cables were there. I was gonna say that's also yeah. where you started, dude. You started on the fucking. I, I thought Why we did you not did, bring that up. You know, I thought we did talk about it being in the neutral zone, but it's actually my fondest memory as a child going in the eighties. That's what I think of. I think of the Buccaneer. I think of the big wheel. I think of the cable cars. Um, I actually do really like 140, but it was funny to so, say. So <laughs> you just nailed on the head why I want to bring up 130 is not like we're going to avoid it. Here's, here's You just nailed it right on the head, Chris. The carousel. Okay. Right, the carousel right, exactly. is amazing. The carousel is absolutely freaking gorgeous. Okay. Um, and it's also one of those um, rides where um, I, I brought up a little – did a little bit of look up on a carousel here. Hold on. Um, let me find it here. So the carousel, I did not even know this all my time working there. I always knew I loved the carousel. I always thought the carousel was kind of cool. and It was very pretty. And when I was a kid, I remember the first thing I would come in, we would see the fountain and then my family would go to the carousel. It was always the first thing we did. You know, that carousel, that particular carousel was bought from uh, Jimmy Williams traveling show in England and was built in 1881. Wow. That carousel, which is still running right now, is 140 freaking years old. Okay, like that now, anymore. Now they changed it when they originally bought it. It was steam run, and then it got changed over, obviously, to electrical run after after time. <laughs> but that's insane to think that that carousel is that old and Amazing. still running and still iconic. And also think about how pretty that ride is. I mean, yeah. it's got the mirrors in the center. You know, at one time it had music. I don't know if it still does or not because I remember it went away while I was there and then they brought it back. And I know originally when it was there for the first like four or five years, it had an actual organ in it, which I know they took that out because I'm sure they just didn't want to pay for the, the upkeep on that. But it had all the multicolored lights. If you remember, I remember the few times I did have to cover 130, it was always, remember he had the maintenance reports for all the shit that was broken? It would always be like carousel, 87 broken lights because it had like a thousand <laughs> multicolored lights yeah. on the damn thing, you know? <laughs> um, and then also... The uh, what's the proper term? Cockerels, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, the roosters and the horses. Yes. I, I would say the only downside to the carousel that I always thought was that they were it was gorgeous, it was it was always supposed to be gaudy. And from the, the history I saw of it, that was on purpose because they wanted to catch your eye and go right to it. Right. But the, they would always repaint those goddamn horses every and year, and was. I always thought they would got Annie. Yeah. They would dim them though and every so that year. Was I, the main entrance of the park, you know, originally yeah. was down by right. the carousel. Right. Absolutely, right. yeah. And uh, but I always thought like every year when they kept painting them, they were making them look duller. Like they should have just stripped them and really gave them a good paint job. That was the only downside I ever saw the carousel from working there. But even the things like the brass poles that they kept brass, they didn't try to change them. And we know because in work room we had to clean those goddamn things by hand, you know. But all that stuff, that's amazing, you know. Um, and then there's other things in 130. You know, first of all, boardwalk area is 130. And if it wasn't for boardwalk area, none of us were going to be game supervisors because that's really the bulk <laughs> of the games, you know. So that's pretty big. Right stuff. That was the beginning and the ending of uh, Scott's career. So, <laughs> you know, that's where we managed him at the end. But, but let's be honest, when right stuff was first put in, that simulator was pretty cool. That was fun to go in, get in the AC, and just chill out. If you're a supervisor, that was a good test ride. You know? I loved it when they switched over to Dino Park. That was I did cool. too. Yeah, man, that was fantastic. And the customized being categorized as a plus or a minus. <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Is it a positive or a negative? It's a positive. Shut up, Palooza. Oh, right. come on. Um, I thought it was a negative. Sorry, Scott. Here's another thing that's not there. There's two things that aren't there anymore that I thought were really cool when I was a kid. Pet-a-pet. -pet. 
Petipet was amazing. Um, and honestly, Petipet's the only reason I ever got into the work crew. If it wasn't for Petipet and me having to clean goat and camel, baby camel poop, I would never have got work crew jobs. So, but Petipet as a kid was pretty damn cool. Um, and the other thing that was really cool, and I don't know if any of you guys remember it. Originally, it was a miniature area, but then it became a, a chip golf, miniature golf oh, course. Yes. Do you remember that? Yeah, our as family, a kid. Yeah, yes. as a kid, our family would always go carousel right into there, and we would walk mm -hmm. through there. And um, mm -hmm. it was, uh, what was it originally called? I have it written down here. It was called the Garden of Marvels, and it was a 124th scale miniature village. And that thing was massive. It was so huge. And it's funny because I remember... I loved models, so I always thought it was really cool as a kid. But then it's as I got older, as most people do, I was like, oh, that's kind of a waste. I'm never going in there again. And now I miss it. Now I wish it was still there, you know? Yeah. But that was really cool. That was a, a cool 130 thing. And then um, I know one of you brought this up at one time. Might have been you, Debbie, but Sarajevo bobsled. That was pretty damn cool, too. That was a cool ride that was there. So My wife's favorite. <laughs> it was Sam. That's who brought it up. I couldn't remember who it was when we were having the free talk. Yeah. And I actually loved, I don't know if you remember this, uh, the, the, the promo, bring a snowball, get in free. Uh, oh, they, yeah. I, know, oh, I always yeah. remember putting them in the freezer. My brothers, yeah. we got to put snowballs too. in the Ice freezer. Yeah. 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 Um, bobsled. What was it? Bob said it was in 150 when I was in 150. I always I'm thought it was sure 130. It was in the back free fall. I don't it, know. It was, but I remember the bottom side was a by free fall, yeah. It might have moved at some point then. Andy, do you yeah, remember you being, being around Screamish Bob, 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 the last thing I will bring up on 130, look, BBL, man, you guys can all shit on BBL and be like, that's a detriment. But if you were a lead or a supervisor and you had a real pain in the ass employee who was annoying you and you were overstaffed, bye, you're going to BBL for the day. And you felt good about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, was there a pun intended there when you said shit on BBL? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, somebody somebody posted a picture of the monkeys, the band, all in the ball crawl. And I couldn't stop laughing when I saw it because all I kept thinking is if they knew what they were sitting in right now, <laughs> they would not have those smiles on their face. You know? <laughs> they, nice. they cracked me up, man. The history of BBL, wasn't it also in 120 for... It got passed back and forth a couple times. Um, but the bulk of the time that I've been at the park, it's been in 130. I think it was only in 120 for one year and never when I was a soup. Only when I was maybe a, a lead. Just keeping it real here. We got we to gotta acknowledge 140. You got to acknowledge. <laughs> well, no, 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 no. I'm acknowledging. It's, it's West. It's West, dude. I think it's a pro. Also, by the way, BBL had some cool-ass rides. They had the Red Baron ride with the little throttle, and you could go up and down in the end. And they also had a Western Railroad ride to theme with the West when they were with the part of the West. They actually had a little Texas Western Railroad ride for kids. 
So, eh, Scott, that was cool. All right. <laughs> I don't remember the railroad ride, but the, the Red Baron was cool. I used to love that. It was, it was not a cool place to work. <laughs> you know what? People who did work there, I got to say, our regular crew there, our regular 100%. We're all like really hardworking people. And they came back Absolutely. like every year. They were pretty loyal. They just weren't enough of them. You know, it took so many people to staff that place. It took a special person to be able to actually stay in there as, as like, that's my, that's my section. That's where I'm working is BBL. And the other thing is, let's be honest, did all of you actually have to work in BBL at one point, like ride operate in BBL? I did many yes. times. You all did, did, right? Kids were yeah. awesome. I never had a problem with the kids. It was the kids fucking annoying ass parents. So, so I yeah. never held it against the kids. The kids were adorable. If the kids were having fun, it was great. I actually loved it. It's the fucking annoying parents. I'd be like, ah, ah, nah, 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 seatbelt. No, they're not going to get hurt. It's not going anywhere. Shut up. You know. Uh, my, I think my problem with BBL was as a teenage guy, I was like, there was slim. There was no chicks there like that you could hit <laughs> on or pick up. I mean, you have the moms and you have their little kids. Like the teenage girls weren't coming to BBL. So I think I think that was the biggest problem is you were isolated away from everybody else because you had your own. Ride, you couldn't talk to anybody else that was like with you. Whereas when you work in some of the other major rides, you had a big crew and you could talk, right? And, That's true, and all that, that sort is of true. Thing. Was there any wasn't shade an issue there too? I, I can't remember because I actually only yeah, walked, if, if I only walked in, halfway there, I never actually had to work it. If halfway there, the, I got pulled. So, yeah, it, so sort of if you were in a center section, yes, but yeah. if you remember, they built the shade, they built those that those. That whole entire right, structure. Right. That was specifically because of that. Because Later after, on, like, yeah. After, yeah, after like, and they also put the 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 crappy blue padding down, which did prevent a lot of shins and you know you know yeah. cut knees and stuff. But uh, used to rip up by by work crew. We'd be like watching bits of blue everywhere, you know, like the the yeah. coming off the ground. But that shade was something for a while. But they did actually put that stuff up to take care of it. So yeah, because I souped it a couple times, of course, and yeah, I remember some people being burnt. <laughs> just burnt. Yeah. <laughs> I I I, I uh, covered breaks there a couple of times, and just from doing like a forty-five minute break, I was like red as a lot. I mean, I turned red two minutes into the sun, so for me, I'd come out looking like a lobster every time. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's get off one thirty. That's enough from the one thirty talk. See, that's my obligatory one thirty. Oh, I will say one thing about one thirty. The Great American Screen Machine crew was always great. Every time I covered uh, one thirty as a supervisor, and that was the only big ride I ever really had to worry about. I mean, no other ride was anything that you'd ever have to seriously worry about evacuating or anything. And the crew was so effing good. And there's almost always a mechanic down there in that shed too. So it was like the few times I had to unload that ride, they were fantastic. So shout out to the yeah. Gasm crew in the eighties uh, and nineties. They were fantastic. Well, one uh, of our, uh, one of our East brothers there, Scott is making a valid point. I think. Yeah. I mean, that, that's, that's a dude who wears a Robin outfit from what I was told. So I'm not even looking no, at that comment. Okay. I, I, I can't wait. I can't wait to see what he brings to the table. Great man. Great man. Yeah, can't wait. I'm sure it'll be thrilling. All right. <laughs> Neil. I'm with you, Neil. I'm Solidarity, with you. My Solidarity. All right. So let's hey, actually, Steve? yeah, go ahead, Debbie. Uh, Tony touched on something. He said that, you know, it, um, Bugs Bunny Land, uh, obviously you worked by yourself, so you there was no big crew. And I think that's what Western had. We had big crews because we had rides. So, again, yeah. it's almost cool. like you guys are reading my mind because as we start going into the Western, we're going to segue, talk about Western, and I'll jump in first. And my first point, which is insane that you just said that, Debbie, is it's almost all major rides. Western mm -hmm. was very few flat rides. So the mm -hmm. employees in Western 
and and I'm this is not as a, a slam to anybody, and you'll understand that in a minute, but they had a little more pride in in working in Western because generally we cross-trained like a motherfucker. So when you were cross-trained in Western, it wasn't like I knew the bumper cards, the buccaneer, the condor, the rotor. And I'm only saying that because I'm under you understand what I'm saying. Like those are kind of simplified rides. You don't take a lot of pride in operating them. They're really simple, right? You were cables, log flume, coaster, mine train, you know, ultra twister, you know, whatever the hell big ride was in that spot. Cause it changed like 75 times, but you know, you were, you were almost all major rides and you took a little bit more pride and you guys can't dispute that because if you're in 160, what did everyone say? Including all the 160 employees, fucking rapid snobs. Oh, yeah. Why were I they think- rapid snobs? Because if you knew how to operate the rapids and you knew what you were doing, that's, that's a little bit of pride and 150. How many times did I hear free fall fucking snobs? And it wasn't just because they got all that money at the end of the night. It's because that free fall was a bitch to learn. That's and if right. you learned it, that, you, that, that was a serious pride ride. If you can know. work, you can work anything, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. No yeah. doubt. So, you know, major rides, I think, had a little bit more of a, of a different type of mindset. And that's one of the things about the Western is that there were very, very few small rides. So it gave you a little more pride. And I think that was a big point to make. Um, and then a second point that I'll make um, is that I think each ride has its own special thing. OK, that that if you work there, you will always remember. You're never going to forget. So Marcus Noble just posted something that cracked me up. OK, if you work the log yeah. flume at least once a year, somebody dumped the soap in the log flume and it became the suds flume. And it was just <laughs> soap suds everywhere. I do remember. I used to be so jealous of not being able to go and see it when it happened. See, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. So, I mean, and lo- so let's let Marcus the perfect segue. Let's get right into the log flume, man. So log flume. Yeah. Um, um, okay. Uh, first of all, back in the days we worked there, there were no such thing as cell phones, but there was a party line on a log flume because up top where you had four people, they would just sit there on that phone bullshitting all day having fun. And if you're in the lifts, it's so funny because the phone would be sitting like this so nobody down below, supervisor stuff, could see you on it, but you were on it, you know? And so you had your own little party line. Um, the flume had flume photo. So if you were friends with people like uh, Jackie Ruger and Dina Desio and all that, there would be so many people who would just flash that camera. <laughs> if you knew who I was working at Flume Photo, at the end of the day, they'd be like, hey, look at this, look at this, look at this. You'd be like, oh, <laughs> you know. So there's a bonus for working there. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, if you if you were, were unlucky enough to have to clean the grates, so the pumps that run the log flume have a grate, okay? And if you're unlucky enough to have to scrape them, sometimes that luck turned into a treasure because you would find wallets out the ass. You would find purses. You would find Ray-Bans all the time back in the 80s. It was like a Ray-Ban heaven. You would find sunglasses almost every day. So there was a little bit of bonus to that. Um, let's see. When we're talking about skill... If you knew how to operate lift two, I'm not going to count lift one because lift one was kind of semi pretty easy, but lift two took some skill. And if you actually had a boat backup, you could actually get them out if you properly knew how to do it. So there was definitely some skill in that ride, even though it may not seem it, there was absolutely skill in it. And there was skill in running it as well. Um, 
And then uh, I, I have to mention this because uh, a gentleman, I don't think I know, but his name is uh, Bob Weingartner. He brought up the snake pit. So anyone that worked at Log Flume or Tony, you mentioned working POS. Yeah, so so you know about it too. <laughs> so I know Bob. Bob was my supervisor in POS. Yeah. There you so, go. Yeah. So we had the famous uh, snake pit over there uh, in front of Log Flume. And, uh, you know, a lot of snakes came out of there. And we were tasked um, occasionally with going down there because there were some conduits and there was a, a junction box down there in that rocky area, which we called the snake pit, uh, where we had to go down there and make sure everything was connected at times. And you had to dodge the snakes and try not to step on them as you're climbing down the rock. So it was like right behind, there was like a food stand there, like, you know, one of those portable stands, like a pretzel stand or something like that. Yeah. But it was right behind there. It was like this little ditch and there was like a like water that went through there. And it was filled with rocks and snakes and uh, so, interesting. Did you ever um, hear a uh, mostly grown man scream like a little girl when he came across the snake? Uh, occasionally. Yeah, occasionally that happened. <laughs> okay, I thought that was only a, uh, a 160 thing with Pete, but, you know, I guess. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I don't like snakes. I don't. I never did the Pete scream, you know, but um, I've seen them many a times coming in because you'd have to pass the snake pit going to the entrance, basically, into log flume. So, there'd be many times I'd see like all different color snakes, just sunbathing, sitting right there in the walkway and be like, Nope, going all the way around, not dealing with that shit. Nope. So yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, and then, and then the last thing, which Debbie King just brought up, you stealing my thunder, Debbie. <laughs> Log flume was the primo spot during good concert nights, because yeah. if you got the lift two, if you were an operator and you had to be an operator work lift two, you just mm -hmm. sat up there and you got the best seat in the house to listen and watch concerts, man. It was fantastic. So that was a huge perk of the log flume. And then the other side perk is as you know, you know, me and Andy, when we were like, you know, 16, 17 year old kids working a log flume, how many phone numbers did we get off of that ride? Jesus Christ. Like it was like, by the time they, the, the person, the cute girl was Blasters. off lift one, we already had people in station ready to hand the paper to write their number down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a ride. You could get a lot of dates off it too. So that was that was another little interesting thing about log flume. Um, I'm not even going to bring up paddle boats because we talked about paddle boats before. But uh, paddle boats was unique. Um, I mean, it's its own little thing. It's it's a buy up. It was a ride, but you had to pay for it, and it was run by rides. And you know, but for all of us, it was like training to go to the big rides. It was like considered like our flat ride, kind of, you know. And the only other real flat rides I can remember, there really weren't a lot in 120 ever. There was El Sombrero, El Sombrero uh, which Phil hat. brought up, but there was El Sombrero, the hat, um, and there was a there was the rotor. Typhoon, one time. I think they called it. It was like the rotor. They Typhoon, the rotor it was a rotor. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I don't even remember any other flat rides in 120. Do you guys? No. Andy, you I, they just had the other kind Built of things. Where like, oh, was that in no, it was 130. Built the world used to be yeah. where Sombrero was. It, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You're right. It was for a time. Short time. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Scott, I'll always remember a little Manish coming out of BBL when I was a, when I was a 120 soup and going, excuse me, sir, I, I want to work the El Sombrero. And he knew that was his gateway to get out of BBL and to get into 120. And a little son of a bitch, it worked because I did get put him on the El Sombrero. <laughs> and now we're all stuck with Manish for the rest of our lives because I made that move. Yeah. Very smart, well, though. And it literally was like, right there. it was very I, much like, the, may I have another bowl of soup, sir? <laughs> it was very much like that. <laughs> 
That is so polite. Little I know that was not who he is, you know? It was even better to tell a story about how he wound up in BBL. He's like, you know, I didn't want to work it, but Gigi just batted her eyelashes ah! at me a couple times. And next thing I know, I'm like, okay, I'll go to BBL. I see that. I totally see that. That's funny. Um, all right. Cables. Um, I mean, Tony, you could definitely talk about cables much more than I can. And Andy, probably you could too. But I will say, for me, cables had a lot of cool hidden spots. Every year, they became more safety violations. They would shut them down. But in that fort, there were so many cool spots as an employee. You could kind of go to and look over things and everything. And the hole under the fort where the counterweights were was its own little world. And one time that I was a soup... There's a ground shed down there that had a goddamn burger time machine. So if you oh, had yeah. a bad day, you just went down there with grounds and played some burger time and everything got better, you know? So anything else about cables you guys could think of? No, cables was just a great place to work. We'd be up, you'd be up high, so that nice breeze be coming in the oh, station. God, yeah. I, I think I remember so you guys saying something about a convenient bathroom. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the, the urine dungeon. That they Something yeah. about a convenient bathroom. I'm not sure if that's a plus or minus either. I'll be quite honest with you. If you're you an employee working there, you're, you're dead about? on, Chris. It was convenient as hell. It was right there. Yeah. It was a lot quicker than the bathroom behind the Dream Street cables because it was. <laughs> I'm sure you walk into the closet and catch Tony dropping a deuce over the rail. There were some folks that did, though. I can tell you that. What, what did they use for toilet paper? Or did they just rub their butt along the railing? No, you know? there was always one of those brown yep. hand rolls right from the bathroom. Like the, I cannot the, the, there's always one of those in there. I swear to God. There was a hand roll there. There was a hand roll of paper towels always in there. And I always thought it was like for cleanliness and then i didn't realize it's a yeah, work crew right. that's not what it was for you know <laughs> yeah. um, it was for those emergency dumps that you yeah. know but another cool thing about cables and Andy, you brought this up for a short period of time uh cables was where the fireworks was right there over that little lake in front of the cables is where the fireworks was so for a short period yep. of time you got to enjoy that as well yeah we shut down cool. 9 30 and then you could just yep. hang out and watch the fireworks yeah well, that um, whole area, that whole fort structure, you know, with cables and mine train, I mean, that is uh, everything that you saw then, even though those postcards and the marketing materials, I mean, that is what, when you think of Great Adventure, that's the iconic. would show you, right? Um, yeah. It's visually yeah. striking. It was all designed um, around that. Yeah. yeah. When we started, so, it wasn't I mean, that old. It was only. So, look, the Western section was featured, guys. Yeah. Right? yeah. So, it was like. When was the park built? Like the 74. early 70s? So that was like when westerns were like really popular, right? Movie-wise and everything, I guess. Yeah, the park opened in 74. Um, there's a really great um, website run by um, Tom Benton and Harry Applegate. Not our Harry Applegate, by the way. I did find out that is a completely separate Harry Applegate. It's not our Harry that's now Carrie. It's a totally separate person. Um, but it's called greatadventurehistory.com. And uh, they have, a, they have, they have a, a page for each section. And uh, their opening um, for the Western section says, like most theme parks, Great Adventure featured a Western theme section with all the excitement and adventure of America's Western frontier. While most parks offered a version of the Old West where the buildings were scaled down, Warner Leroy's vision was quite the opposite with the structures like the fort, the super TP, and the Conestoga wagon created in major oversized scale. 
the effect was amazing, making the rootin' tootin', rip-roaring area of the park the strongest thematic statement of the park and the most memorable. And by the way, that is what they originally referred to the Western section as, the rootin' tootin', rip-roaring Western. And that is, I mean, I was going to talk about each ride individually, but I will say, while we're talking about the theming, you're dead on, Debbie. I mean, that is the one thing that I think also gives me a little bit more love for Western when I think back on the park is that the theming never changed. They themed it in the beginning and they kept the theme. And I guarantee I haven't been there in like eight years and I'm going to go this summer with my, my cousin and our family. And I guarantee when I go, it's still going to be there that, you know what I mean? Like the, the teepee may be gone because the one storm and all that, but there's still going to be the Western theme in that area. It's still going to look like the West, you know, the fort is still going to be there. The, a lot of the individual theming, like the taco place and all that, you know, that's all still going to look like the West. And I always thought that was kind of a detriment of Six Flags. And this isn't an Eastern slam. This is an everything slam. Everywhere else, the only other side of the park they tried to make that effort, in my opinion, was Movie Town. Movie Town, they tried to make the effort, but then some of it just didn't make any sense. Like some of the rides, you're like, this isn't a movie. What are you doing? You know, but it wasn't really themed kind of properly. And, you know, you could see where they were just like, we need a little more throughput, flat ride, name it after some type of side thing from a movie. Who cares? You know, and it's like theming was... Sports. Warner Brothers, I think, started that and then Warner well, Brothers left. So yep. I think that had an impact on it for sure. It was probably a plan to do more, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, they still kept it going with Chiller, I guess, and whatnot. But uh, yeah, Movie Town Water Effects. The stretch centrifuge, a little bit of a stretch. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But but they but I will say at least that section they do try to, if nothing right. else, keep it as a superhero theme. So that's the closest I could think. I mean, Adventure Rivers. Yeah, that's a theme, but then they open the water park and they kind of shit all over that theme. So yeah. <laughs> but um, but yeah, the theming is iconic as hell. There's no doubt about that. Um and uh let's hit the other ride. So mine train, first of all, when we're talking about skilled operations, I mean when I was when I was when they could run three trains, which you guys will never probably never even experienced or never even saw, and you only saw what you, if you won't even remember, but when you were a kid, that's how they ran. Three trains was a fucking skill. Very few operators could properly operate three trains because three trains, you had like, I don't remember the exact time, but if I'm remembering, I think it was three minutes to get them in, out, and out. Like, you, that's all you had. If you said, the next train was sitting out there, and you can never have the third train get behind the last train or you're fucked. So you kind of had to you know the skill. No, you, and had you had about have a, 45 seconds to load the yeah, train. It was insane. I mean, you had to move. And and so it wasn't just a skill as an operator. This is the thing. It's the rare ride where even if you were only an attendant, you were treated like gold because if you fucking sucked as an attendant, the ride was going to go down. Like you relied on those attendants to get those goddamn people out. And attendants were actually able to ride the train in and kick the kick pedals to unload them to get them out faster. That became a safety violation. They weren't allowed to do that anymore. But in the beginning, when I was first there, we were totally allowed to do that. And it was a skill. And it was like, that was amazing. And uh, and then other things about the mine train that were really cool. First of all, thematically also tied into the fort. You know, you always felt like you were part of the, the cable crew. Q lines when you clean them, you're kind of like, hey, you help each other out all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And that was another mm-hmm. thing about Western when Debbie's talking about family. 
we yeah. were like a family. Like it wasn't like if I had extra people at the log flume and they didn't, and they only had like two people working cables at the end of the night, I sent my people over there and we all cleaned our own shit. Like we all helped each other out. Now the rest of the park used to get pissed off because 120 would never go to the lots. We would never go to the lots. But the reality of it is we had major ride queues we had to clean and those were a pain in the ass. And to be honest with you, at night, most of the lighting sucked. So it was really hard to find the cans and the bottles and the bushes behind the queue line. So it was a little, it did take a little more to clean, but I'm not going to say we didn't scam. We totally freaking scammed. We, we, we would never go beyond the carousel ever. Like carousel was our point. If we even said, yeah. If we even sent people up there, maybe it was two or three people, but we did get screwed and always had to do the ski show path. Yeah. You guys never had to do it. We would own the ski show pass. That's one thing we would take and log from used to do. But, um, mm -hmm. and uh, the other cool thing about Mine Train is uh, Mine Train had a show right where the employee entrance was, underneath where the operator area was, where the staircase was. There was the, I mean, it went through a bunch of names, but the last name I remember was Tales from Tombstone. There was a gun show right there. There was a Western gunfighter show right there. So every day while you're operating, you can literally turn around and watch a gun show. <laughs> you know? So that was kind of cool, you know? So that made it a little more special as well, I think. Um, and then let's see. What, well, else what about like uh, the shootout in Best of the West area? So again, we go to themes. Yeah. So you have, you have shootout. Um, I mean, theming best of the West restaurant. People will always still talk about the barbecue there and all that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I never had to work food. So as far as I knew it was fine. I'm sure Tony mm -hmm. probably has stories, but we're not going to go. With that. <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, uh, Debbie King just brought up Viper had an amazing theme. Um, I'll be honest with you. I barely even remember Viper very much. I think when Viper was put in there, I think I was already down to 160 because I don't remember dealing with Viper very much. Um, you were. I was yeah. Viper when I became a supervisor. So that's what that's I thought. Because I was going to say, I'm like, I don't have a lot of memories of Viper, but I know I was there when it was there. So that's kind of funny. Um, but, uh, and then the last one, I mean, look, Coaster. So Coaster, first of all, Coaster had the other maintenance shed. So there were two major maintenance sheds. There was one out over in the employee area, which was the east side maintenance shed. And then there was one in the Coaster, which was considered the west side maintenance shed. And, you know, there is always food in there. There is, that's where you go to chill out. The mechanics were always fun to hang out with. They were all down in there just busting your balls. And Coaster itself was another skilled ride. So you'd have to do train transfers and not everybody knew how to do them. And they were a big fucking deal. And if you didn't do them properly, the yeah, ride was going were down for a big production were a at the coaster. It was a big production, man. And you had to know yeah. how to do it. And we've seen many people fuck them up. Um, we've seen people <laughs> screw up and have the train go through the coaster shed. Oh, yeah. I remember I that. that personally, yeah. Uh -huh. So, I mean, again, The best skill. is when you forget to take the um, crossbar out when you reopen the ride. <laughs> There's that. And, and let's be honest. So... <laughs> If you were a coaster operator, you felt powerful knowing how to operate that fucking train on the trims and readies and shit, man. Like, especially in rain and shit, like you knew your shit. And that was a ride where you felt like I know my shit. You know what I mean? Like, this is a fun ride. And we would race trains. So that was another thing. You would literally get the crowd yeah, so fucking really like hyped. Rides. Yeah. And you would, you would get the crowd hyped up like, okay, we're dispatching at the same time. Our side's going to win. And the other operator would be like, screw you. Our side's going to win. And the train would start going nuts. Like, we're going to win. You know? like, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, people you know? yeah going up the lift at the same time was fun. Yeah, that was yeah. And, fun. And, yeah, and it's so funny because I remember yeah. they would do that before I even worked there. And I remember as a kid riding it and buying into that shit and being like, we're going to win. And, like, and, and it would take you like – 
like it was like 45 seconds, which was a long time to, for that train to go up. And by the time you got to the top, you, you weren't yelling anymore. You're like, all right, just come on, let's get rid of it. You know? <laughs> sort of yeah. No. Um, somebody posted this on uh on so on on the X Six Flags Great Adventure Facebook group. Somebody posted a picture of the coaster in demolition. Like it was a picture of that being taken down, which kind of broke my heart, you know. And uh, and then there were a lot of comments under it. And this one, this one dude, um, which I'm called, his name is Jeffrey Belkoff. Um, this is what he posted. And I thought this summed up working at the coaster so perfectly. He put, I was lead at Western Cables. My ex-girlfriend worked Thunder. I got sent over there one day. It was one of the most fun days I ever had working at Six Flags. She opened A side and I was on B side. We had the entire line into it as far as racing, which side would win. We secretly were holding hands the entire time because we were dating. So that meant we had to run the entire operator book one handed and not a single under or overshoot of stations. Super fun times. And you had to be an operator to know what that dude was talking about, but you could overshoot the trains if you weren't paying attention and half the trains out and then you're fucked because you basically kind of have to cycle them around again. And most people don't want that, you know? So again, skilled ride, you know? So, um, and remember if it was off by like a foot, the electric lap bars wouldn't work. That's right. I actually forgot. That's absolutely right. Yep. Yep. Um, and then, uh, look, the last thing I'll say, and this has all been pretty much my my love of the Western, so obviously I'm going to pass it off to, you know, Andy, Debbie, and, and Tony to talk about their love. But the last thing I would say that I always thought was really cool about the Western is just when we're talking about the theming, they even themed it down to really – they had decent uniforms. Like, Western uniforms look like Western uniforms. You kind of – when you wore them – you know, not always in the beginning when everybody had the rainbow color ones, I think that'd be during your time, there was a point where everybody had the same uniform, but once they actually themed out the sections really well and every section had its own themed uniform, Western had those pretty cool looking Western uniforms and they were comfortable and they were themed nicely. They kind of looked right. You know, and I think that was kind of a cool thing. They, they really, you know, they kind of took a, a pride in making sure the theming was perfect. You know, I mean, I'm not going to, you know, mention a comparison to another section's uniform, Scott. Why are you smiling so much right now? <laughs> you didn't. You didn't like your buccaneer uniform. You didn't like your buccaneer uniform. <laughs> well, that, that was when I was at Cables, and like that was like the last straw when I left 140. I mean, you know, people getting off and like, you know, basically just all the taunts over those uniforms. Man, that was, <laughs> that was, that was pretty bad. Hard, it was pretty bad. Hey, they brought the comedy. <laughs> it's true. They were rather humorous. It's true. I will say this, though. Debbie, you touched on this. We were definitely a family, and uh, and that section worked like a family, and it was like we had parties. Everybody went. Like It was like 90% of the people working for the whole day would go, and it was like the party would start at like 6. So day crew would start it, but then night crew would join in, and he, and the other unique thing is that most people stayed there and slept. You almost never had to worry about drunk driving or anything like that back then because everyone just – nobody wanted to leave. Everyone just wanted to stay and sleep over and hang out. Next morning, we'd all go to breakfast unless you're a day shift. If you're a day shift, those people would generally you know, either leave or they'd have to get up really stupid early. But otherwise, it was like those parties – you know, people always talk about, you know, like Tony, you mentioned the 160 parties and people always talk about how good our parties were that we had at the Hal House and, you know, it's Beach House stuff. But I based those Hal House parties off of the parties I learned back when I was in Western. Those were like my first really formative parties. And the parties weren't just when we were at the park. We were so tight knit 
that for like a good about about a five year period, I want to say from the time I was a black tag through the time I was a red tag, you know, uh, until a lot of people started kind of aging out. Like Debbie said, you know, you go to college and not coming back. There was a point where even during the winter, we hung out. People would go to college. We'd visit them. You know, I never I, I think I was at more colleges during those winters when I was in high school than I was when I was in college. You know, what I mean, like we went to parties all the time. And, you know, as people, me and Andy's age, you know, 17, 18, we're at these college parties having like the time of our freaking lives. And everything was always safe. Like everybody took care of each other. Everybody watched out for each other. You know, like it was the type parties where, you know, when people were puking, you would laugh at them, but you'd still be holding their head up, you know, <laughs> so over the bowl, you know. But it was like, and then we take pictures of them exactly, you know. (laughs) But um, I mean, epic, epic parties, and uh, probably also, I want to say where I started going to the Jim Thorpe um, paintballs that Jim Mm -hmm. Durar used to do the skirmish. I think that's when I was in Mm -hmm. one. It had to be because it was with the Hugans. Oh yeah, yeah, that was one twenty. Yeah, it was totally when I was in one twenty, and I know that that went beyond my time one twenty. But I think the the times I went the most where I was in one twenty, and that was another thing I always looked forward to was like all a lot of one twenty would go. Like it was a huge sectional thing. Like we all went and we would be our own team and we would all be playing paintball. And it's like that type of thing, man. You know, I didn't get that anywhere else. Um, You know. There was, I'm not going to say we weren't tight when we were in 160. We were definitely a tight crew, but it was not the same as when I was in 120. When I was in 120, it was like you always felt like you were around family and friends. And and I, I, even when people were annoying, you never hated them. It wasn't one of those things where you're just like, I fucking can't work with that person. I don't remember much of that at all. It was like everybody got along for the most part, you know? So it was kind of a, it's a whole different world, man. It was kind of cool. So on that, I've talked enough. Uh, I'm gonna pass it to Andy. Andy, what what do you have? What's your what, what makes your love for Western? And yes, yeah, Steve, just to kind of touch on what you were just saying, like we spent we were together over the winter. I mean, we spent every day together, and they were such big groups of people. I remember yeah. the you know going bowling with like thirty people, you know, or going out to some restaurant and you know needing a big you know table for like twenty people. Yep. Um, you know, showing up at the court jester, you know, with 25 oh people my there. God. It's always a fun time. Oh, and, and, and um, old silver until, uh, until and just having those big crews at work. It was nice, you know, just to, oh, old silver. Yeah, <laughs> until somebody got yeah. his band. Who got his band from old silver? You're not anyway, it was me. <laughs> I mean, I that story. We well, remember there were certain spots that some people who might not have been of 21 age were able to go and drink. Oh, I see. <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> Thank Thank you, Andy. Andy's age at some point, you know, because Andy yeah, carried see, himself I, older. I was lucky enough to he get in a ride when I was 15, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. So I was hanging out with all you guys. You were all in the high school, somewhere in college already. And, you know, and uh, mm-hmm. I, got, I got to start drinking at a kind of a young age. Yep. But, uh, yep. Yeah, we'd go to Old Silver's and they would serve anybody at Old Silver's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what Old Silver is, but it's like the perfect name. It was, it I don't, you a, don't even need to know. You can just, it says it all. <laughs> it was a bar in English town, Old Silver Tavern, and they were known for their bar pies. Like people would travel like from towns away to get their bar pies and their bar pies were excellent. They were like thin crust bar pies, but we would go because we would go like, there'd be like 
honestly, 30 to 40 of us that would go. And we would just buy pitcher over pitcher over pitcher. And while they were annoyed that they had to deal with such a large group, we always tipped well. And we bought so much food and alcohol that they just dealt with it. Because they were like, we're making money. We're making money. Bring them in. And, you know, me and Andy would be there. And uh, we might not have been of age, you know. (laughs) But we we didn't get carded, you know. So... Just hanging out, you know. Yeah. I wasn't driving. I wasn't old enough to drive yet, so I wasn't <laughs> exactly. not old enough to drive, but old enough to drink. <laughs> and I didn't drink a lot because I had chemistry the next morning, and, <laughs> and I wanted to be in good shape for gym class. Oh man. Well, that's true. You know, like we carpooled because I remember I, you know, yeah, I carpooled. Yeah. I drove Andy. I drove Andy's brother. Yeah. You know, also in the summer. So the thing, like you said, you know, we were family. We we're all friends. Um, uh, we did things, you know, in the winter. The bowling. We went to the movies. We went to dinners. We had Super Bowl parties. Mm-hmm. You know, and during the summer, we uh, we did the sleepovers. Um, yep. We just yeah. really felt comfortable with each other. We we're all, you know, there were lots of couples, obviously too. Um, we had large crews, so that there's just like so many of us. And we, like Steve said, we were all cross trained. We just, we just have like some great friendships. Yeah, and actually, you, you nailed it on the head when we did the when we did our February episode. We talked about the couples that are still couples now, and a large portion of those are old one twenty couples. A yeah. large portion of them. There were there were a lot of people that met, dated, and got married, and are still married. You know, or so it's it, it is. I mean, that just shows you how tight the family was, you know? Yeah, yeah. Look, this is like the prime time in our lives. Well, I don't say, not to say that the my age now isn't prime time, but I'm just saying that <laughs> here we were 17, 18, 19, you know, like uh, we, that was like our social life, you know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, that was my college experience. I, I didn't yeah, go away to school or anything. Good. Yeah, yeah. That was anytime people are talking about college and how they had a dorm and all this stuff. I experienced none of that. I experienced great adventure. <laughs> a lot of great adventures. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. What else, Andy? You got anything Good else times. for uh, your love of, but, of the uh, West? Yeah, and then just, uh, you know, like we touched on a little before, you know, the section itself was just, I don't know, the, some of the best times there where we were early in the morning, we were opening the section up. It was about 8.30 before we opened. And, you know, it was just... Uh, just a beautiful setup with the landscaping and walk around back behind the best of the West with the lake there. And it was just a real pretty place to work every day. And was that the um, days there were lots of cool little hanging out, you know, hiding places. Yeah. Were those the days that you didn't show up like completely hungover to work that you could appreciate the, uh, you know, the beauty of it? <laughs> I remember they showing up to work. I was like, oh my God. Like, well, let, 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 me, let me tell you something. So, so there is something to be said for that because. Hmm. When we say we took care of each other, it's not a joke. Some people would get so fucking hung over that we would let them work the log flume. Voluntarily put them up on, on, on shooter spillway so they could just fucking sober the hell up. And then, you know, yeah, halfway through the there. day. Yeah. After around lunchtime, they had to go back to their ride. But we took care of them. You know what I mean? Like if someone was that bad off, that was fine. We, we put them over there, you know. So, yeah, we would switch oh, yeah. out and take no, care of them. There were plenty of mornings. I just people would be like, just let me catch cable cars all day, please. I don't want to talk to anybody. Yep. I just want to catch cars. <laughs> fine. Opening was also super fun, though, Andy. You nailed it on the head because I remember, um, like, like back in our day, you would, as a safety check for Coaster, before you open it, you'd actually have to walk the track from the top. 
And I fucking loved it. I used to, when I was the log flume lead, um, Lisa Simone was the coaster lead and I would walk over there with my coffee and we would jog the coaster track from the top. And it was fun as shit. Like I loved it, man. Now, I mean, I'm running five K's and I still wouldn't want to go up that fucking coaster. track. No, <laughs> like, no, yeah. that, thing, that thing was a bear. But when I was at that age, I loved it. I thought it was fun. You know, yeah. so. it was one of my favorite experiences, a uh, work crew and also one of my roughest days. It was, it was great. Though. It was, it's, cool. it was tough, but it was fun. It was definitely fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it was a tough section to open. You had a lot of things you had to get done inside, you know, that hour before we opened and a lot of staffing to to move around and everything. So, yeah, it was cool opening up on 20. Marcus just said monkey check. That's so funny because that's absolutely true. Log flu monkey check. Nothing was worse than than, than (laughs) going in there with the one person who had to go up top and the person up top's like, all right, I, 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 I'm I'm not going to shoot or spillway because I see people in the chairs and you knew it was monkeys. (laughs) Fucking monkey sitting in a chair. <laughs> <laughs> right, just slowly back away. Yep. <laughs> Got us on that one. We had no monkey. Either. We had no monkey yeah, business. Uh, <laughs> we had monkeys. We had lots of monkeys. Japan <laughs> <laughs> 38. <laughs> cool about 120 is because it was like the furthest part and the furthest section is mm-hmm. that Andy was saying it was nice and quiet in the morning. And um, it took a while for guests to come to us, unless people ran to you know our ride or so. So it would take that is true. We didn't really open until like eleven. Yeah, (laughs) I I was just going to ask that. Was that ever a thing? Like as soups, you probably parked over there, but as black and red tags, you had to walk that thing, right? I mean, that was a that's a that's a hike. That's a a good hike. Yeah, yeah. And I was going to say too, I never appreciated it as a as a young guy, but uh, log flume. That that spinning wheel, you know, getting the what did you get like about thirty thousand oh, steps a day? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I could use yeah, that yeah. now. Yeah, Steve and I were, were leads at the same time. He was a day lead and I was a night lead, and that was, that was a good good year at that time. Too. Yeah, yeah. Um, just walking the station and unloading and loading and um, parties of two were come down the left side. Parties of three. Were Right. <laughs> occasional monkey, yeah. occasional, yeah. an occasional flume. our sleep. I used to say right. it, you know, and, and not even like pay attention to what I was saying. It would just come out of my mouth, you know. Oh my god! What was it? Was it was really fun to interact with the guests there. You know, everyone was really coming. You oh, know, excited about all the rides too. in the West. Oh, yeah. All the premier rides. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, we always had full queue houses, and uh, you know, everybody was excited to get on the rides. You know. It was a lot of fun yeah, just working true. the rides. Well, I remember, like, so so when you were talking about the spiel, I remember, like, all right, hello, welcome to the Flog Flume. Guests of one or two, if you're a guest of one or two, if you're in a group of one or two, left side, left side, left side only. If you're a group of three or more, come on the right side. Excuse me, you, are you with anyone? Why are you on the right side? Go to the left side. <laughs> 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 I had so much fun people out of that staircase like come on listen to me i'm on a large mic you know and then we'd say you know keep your arms legs and you know it's hands like, oh, at all times and and put your tray tables in the upright positions and we would just like throw them in there i i honestly think that's where i lost my introvertedness was the mic on the log flume because when i was at paddle boats i was still quiet i didn't you know i wasn't like a loud brash person like i am now and have been but i think that log flume <laughs> mic that changed yeah. it man as soon yeah. as i got over the fear of the mic and i embraced it then it was like then i loved it because then every ride i became an operator at i was like i love the microphone i love the microphone. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. typhoon <laughs> oh my god <laughs> so much fun <laughs> all right 
right. Andy, you got anything else? You want to pass it off to Debbie? What do you think? Uh, concerts <laughs> is always great. Again, uh, I didn't even bring up the arena. You know, I didn't even bring up the arena. Yeah, anything going on in the arena. We had the laser show. We had, uh, you know, earlier before my time, you know, they had the big, um, like the rodeos and the circus and stuff in there. But we had some pretty good gladiator race. Do you remember yeah. that commercial from the 80s? The fucking gladiator race. I'm like, when? what was this? And I realized it had to be in the arena, you know? It was like, holy cow. They had like chariots and everything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but Friday, Saturday nights in Western, it was crazy down there. It was uh, you know, packed with people. It was, you know, and then most of them were in the concert. So even though the section would be packed, like the ride would be kind of empty for that hour. So you True. get a little break. Yeah. I remember mm-hmm. working uh, the night of New Kids on the Block and Tiffany. Remember that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it rained and, uh, that day. So mine train was closed. So we got stuck doing crowd control for that. That was crazy. And if I'm remembering right, Tiffany was still the headliner, even though they had to switch that tour in the middle to switch them over because New Kids got so damn big. But when they played that night at the arena, Tiffany was still the headliner. And like, like the crowd wasn't nice to her. <laughs> they oh, very nice wow. to her because they were all New Kids fans. Like, I remember that. That was probably one of the toughest days to work in the Western. That I think is, that was if, one of the toughest. If I remember, days. they were really late. Yeah, right. The new I was working in like two hours. Late. Remember long Something lines, happened. like ridiculous that day. Yeah. All right, Debbie. What about you? Anything we haven't touched on? Uh, that, that you got I think uh, another great part of about one twenty uh, and like the log flume, like potable area, is that area under Best of the West. You know, uh, where the fish feeders were. <laughs> right? And, you yeah. know, I think you know, we were talking about, like, when you were having, like, a, a stressful day or you just needed to, like, chill out a little bit or you're just, like, feeling overheated or whatever, there's, it's a covered area. And they had benches there, too. And you can yep. just either sit on the bench for a little bit and do whatever paperwork or you can feed the fish, you know, the Purina trout chow, you know, mm-hmm. and you had a handful of that. And there's... Um, and just chill out. And there's a little bathroom actually around the corner there by the you know best of the West bath um, restaurant. So, yeah. Yeah. So just like but a nice little quiet area that people just never really. But did you have a reading bench? I was just to say, is that the original location? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where Steve and I used to like to do our shift change back there. We did. One of we did absolutely. On the balcony at Best of the West in the back. It really mm-hmm. may be the original reading bench, if you want to know the truth. I, I got to remember if I ever had an actual book there. I don't remember, but it definitely probably was. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I know I had about a billion books on the top of the log flume. I mean, <laughs> I used to read, I used to bang out a book a day, minimum working that ride, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, no doubt. The whole shootout area, too, because um, in the back of shootout, um, so shootout was a Western shootout little, you know, game where they sometimes put an employee there once in a while to do quarters and then eventually they automated it. So they didn't even do that. But behind it was an old seasons pass processing area, which they shut down. And so that was another place you could go to to get away from people because it still had the stalls and everything. And uh, and then ironically, which I never knew the whole time I was there, there was an entire room in there, which I guess was the processing room, but it was hidden. And that became my office in my last year as a games full timer. So that literally became my workshop, which was kind of ironic because it's like I started in Western and, you know, because I don't count my 
orange tag days on, <laughs> on 150. So I started in Western as a black tag and I ended in Western as a full timer. So it's kind of funny in the shootout. So how many years were you there, Steve? Uh, 84 to 97. Yeah. I was there from 87 to 96, I think. Mm -hmm. And uh, well, the last, you know, two were in games. Right. And then I spent a season and a half in 160. And then the rest, I was all were in 120. 120 West is best. That's right. <laughs> what about you, Tony? What about you? What about what else in Western haven't we covered it that that makes you have a love for West? You've definitely been around. You haven't just been in West, although I think you did most of your time in West. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys mentioned a lot of things that that really make the West best. So you touched on a lot of things, the big crews, you know, the, the teamwork. It's funny listening to you guys talk about your crews back when you were black tags and red tags. And um, we were kind of the next generation after you guys. And, and the things that you mentioned, the same things that we just carried on, you know, in, in our generation and probably generations after we left. But, um, you know, that camaraderie, those, those friendships um, are still active to this day you know, for the most part. So, um, you know, that's that's the best thing about working in that section with the people we worked with. Um, like you said before, guests could piss you off, but, you know, you, you just laughed at them at the end of the day, you know, and, for sure. and um, that section of the park with the major rides, even if you were sent away to another ride for the day, you didn't complain because, I mean, I loved every ride in that section. You know, there was yep. something cool about every single ride there um, that I enjoyed. I mean, with the exception of BBL, but like you said, it wasn't there for the whole time that I was in uh, 120. And I didn't really actually go there that many times. But um, but every ride had a special place in my heart for some reason. You know, uh, Coaster because it was my first ride. Um, you know, Cables just because it was like that that ride had so much history to it. And, and um, it was a, a physically challenging ride to work, you know, um, especially if you're catching cable cars all day long. Um, and there was kind of a badge of honor to, like I said, work a double there, you know, you, you can work a double anywhere. Cause that was a, that was a, you know, a tough, tough ride to, to, uh, to work a whole day at, but, um, but it was fun. And, uh, you know, the theming, I mean, you nailed the you know, hit the nail right on the head with that. I mean, it was one of the few sections in the park that had theming. Um, I, I wasn't a huge fan of wearing the bandana with the Western <laughs> outfit. But um, but jean shorts, you wear jean shorts, which was awesome, you know. So that yeah, was a good thing. Yeah. Before that, I wasn't around during the rainbow times, but um, I think we wore a uniform that looked like we were a gas station, an old timey gas station attendant um, with the uh, the bars on the top and the and the shorts. Um, so that was fun. Log flume was awesome, you know, awesome ride to to work on as well. So every ride there was great. Um, like you mentioned before, the concerts were there, which was cool. You know, if you had the opportunity to be at Lift Two, you could watch the concert, listen to the concert. It was neat. Um, so it was just, just has a special place in my heart. You know, um, I met a lot of great people there and, um, and I'll never forget it. Those of you who never, you know, who bashed 120, um, most of you never worked there, Scott. <laughs> but if you did for just one season, you would know why West is best. Well, I did work the Viper as the babysitter for a couple. That doesn't count. 
<laughs> I mean, that, that's like saying I was a tower soup. You know, that doesn't count. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember there, that thing. They had that, didn't they? Once they did. Upon a time. Yeah. There, you know, another thing, if you were a soup in West, what was fantastic is that um, when we were like when Tony was saying it was really hard to work a double of cables. And that's true. Like if you had to work a double of cables, unless you were actually a cables employee used to working cables, it was rough. But if you were a soup, the best part about working in West is that we cross trained like a motherfucker. So almost everybody that had half a brain was at least an operator on three rides. Right. So you would make deals. So, you know, if I had someone that cables that I knew was just tired, but they were willing to work a double, I would say, okay, I could let you operate mine train. You just sit in the chair and operate for the rest of the night. And that's where you'll do your second shift where I can let you operate coaster, or I can send you up top on the flume. You had a lot of leeway where you can send people in operator positions that, you know, they could basically get an overtime and you can get them into a double, but they didn't have to kill them. You know what I mean? So you can move people around a lot, you know, and you guys had that too, but you guys had it on flat rides. So it was a little bit easier for us. For us, it was a little bit tougher because you really wanted people to be operators to be able to make that deal with them. Cause otherwise the only place you could put them without them having to kill themselves because attendance on coasters, you're lap barring it, you're lap barring it all day. So it's not exactly an easier job than catching cars. It's the same thing. It's still tough, but you know, log flume. That's really the only place you could put them, you know, lift one shooter spillway. Otherwise it's like, there wasn't a lot of spots you could put somebody, but if you had someone trained as an operator, lots of spots you could put them. So it was really, really easy, you know, to like get people to do doubles there. So I, I was on a phone, I was on a phone with a, a, a mutual friend of everyone here who goes by the nickname of a Scooby-Doo character uh, not too long ago. And we were playing a little memory jogging game. So I'm going to throw a, I'm going I'm to play a game with you guys. Cause I thought this was kind of fun and I was surprised by how much I couldn't remember, which kind of bugged me, but I was, I was happily surprised by how much I could remember. So Debbie, I'm going to start with you. Deb, I'm calling you at two, one, two, seven. Where am I calling you at? Oh, I can't believe you don't know this one. I know, you know, I don't know how she doesn't know. Well, I guess it's Lockland the way you're saying. Thank you. Saying. I thought I was okay. giving you a whiffle here. <laughs> I'm still for some reason, but yeah, 2167 Lockland, okay? Good. All right. So, Andy, I'm calling you at 2131. Where are you at? Oh, well, that's the mine train. There you go. All the right. Coach is 2144. Cables is 2119. Like, all this stupid information is trapped in my Right? Head. All right. So, hold on. So, so. I'm going to throw you with a curveball. Because you know, east is best, so I'm calling you at 2125. Where are you at? Oh, I am, I have no idea. I've replaced all these numbers with a whole <laughs> slew of new nonsensical numbers. <laughs> Scott, help, <laughs> help your east brother out. Where, 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 where is he at? 2125. 25. I mean, for some reason, I'm thinking the big wheel, but Bingo. Uh, yep, you got it. It's a big nice. wheel. Nice. All right, all right, Scott. I'm calling you at two one two six. Where are you at? Oh, By the way, I didn't look any of these up because I can't find a phone number card. These are all off memory. Yeah, I mean, I know wow. thirty seven was rapid. Twenty one twenty six. They're cables of Buccaneer. I don't know. Nope, nope. Oh, it's, it's a flying it's, wave. It's it's the sister to uh, to Debbie's ride. 
Oh, Riptide? Yeah. Remember, oh, remember, right. how, remember oh. how 26 was, was, was Hydroflume. Uh, was Hydroflume and 27 was Logflume. Well, there you go. I never worked Hydroflume. I mean, I barely ever You're the fucking yeah. supervisor there. Come Scott on. Posey. If I had to guess, Neil will know every number. I, oh, it's such a good section. I don't even know the numbers of the rides I supervise. Jesus. I don't unload the, uh, unload the after a breakdown. That was about it. No. Oh. Ah, Debbie, right. 2126 Hydroflume. <laughs> Tony, Tony, yours is going to be great. Tony, I could call you at one of two numbers. I'm going to give you your choice at which one I call you at. I could call you at 2119 or 2118. Where would you prefer I call you at? Oh, by the way, I told you they were going to break the door. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was hoping they'd make an appearance. Why, why, why would you want me to call you at 2119? Because I believe, and, and 80 kind of gave it away earlier, that was Western Cables. I and West is best. And That's West right. You don't want to be calling yeah. those suck aside. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. Not on the east side, no. no. Well, east side, man. You know, we had that VW engine where you could choke I on the drive. And... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, guys. We have fifteen more minutes. What else do we have to talk about, man? You guys have anything that you could you could think of on the West? What were your favorite? You know what I was thinking. You know, last night we had these crazy thunderstorms roll through here, and I was remembering like what mm -hmm. Western was like on a day when the weather was bad, which was great because oh. pretty much every ride was closed. Because if it was just raining, the log flume might be chugging along with nobody on it. You'd yep. be running yep. like twelve yep. boats. But um, all the other rides would be closed, and we would just sit and basically hang out all day. There were some times when we would be on the log flume, though, and mm -hmm. there'd be lightning, and then everybody would be scared to be up there. And then we were told, oh, it's only cloud to cloud lightning. You can stay up there. No, you're okay. Just stay yeah. up there. Yeah, you're fine. It's only cloud to cloud. It'll stop. <laughs> you know <laughs> Yeah, like that's a real thing, you know. Right, I know, I don't know, but that's what we were told. Our ride stayed. <laughs> we, were, we were down in station, and we were fine. But the other people up there, I felt bad. But we had to tell them that we were open. Yeah. <laughs> I used to love when um. But when I remember the again, cables so getting fast. hit by lightning a lot. I remember when the TP got hit by lightning. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I, I remember all the time getting hit. Yeah, I do too. I always loved when uh when storms would come in so freaking fast that the wind came in like a hurricane and before the cables would shut down, you would just suddenly see every car going voom, 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 and you're like, Oh, we're getting a high wind. Oh, we're yeah. getting a high wind. <laughs> yeah. oh you're praying God. for it. You're willing it to happen with your cables work. You're like, come on, you can do it. <laughs> you can do it. Tony, where, where was the wind meter at? Which side had the wind meter that you could turn the dial down to make it happen? Oh. Yeah, that was, that was the only thing. Who had you the got going for you on that side? <laughs> <laughs> like, just turn the dials down just a little bit. Yeah. There were some days we used to pray for that high wind. And I remember we used to do uh, high wind dances, all kinds of things. Yeah. It was like, uh, you know, supervisors would pray for it too. Because if that happened, they had like staffing for once. It's like, yeah. like all these people. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to say that I didn't, you know, 
ask for a high win that suddenly occurred when I needed to do breaks, oh, and then yeah, suddenly there wasn't a high win time. anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not going to say that happened. 45 but... minutes of a high win. You know, sometimes it happens like that. Uh, I may or may not have any recollection of that. Brief squall. And I was yeah. like, the, uh, as the lead of the, the Dream Street side, you were like the break maker, like the ring maker, like, oh, everybody gets lunch breaks now. <laughs> true. true. I remember one time on cables, and I think Andy was my supervisor at the time. It was a really super slow day. There was like nobody in the park. And, you know, there was a thing creating a tower to tower gap, right? You you would have like a gap where you could kind of go run a glass of water or something like that, right? we created a full tower gap. Like we had like hardly any cars on, we held some cars on Western, some cars on Dream Street. So there were no cars running on cables. And I think it was Andy, I'm pretty sure, came like running up the stairs. What happened? What, why is cables down? <laughs> we're like, no, it's running, look at the wire, it's moving. <laughs> it's just no guests in the park. Yeah, you fuckers had some fucked up sense of humor on that side, because I recall some like, <laughs> you know, where I'm working a double shift and out of the darkness, because you can't see shit coming in, all of a sudden you got four cars back to back. No phone call, no warning, you know, and the, you know, you're catching, you got to stop four cars at the same time full of a bunch of large people <laughs> and uh you know and then you call over and like give me some shit about it and you just laugh like ah oh, yeah that's funny Fuckers. And, and you're saying you guys never did the same thing because we used to get that too i mean i personally never did it but yeah yeah but that yeah it was just to make sure you guys were awake on the other side you know make sure you yeah, yeah. On your toes. yeah, yeah. Then, then there was also times when when both sides of the cables would actually work as a team. And Western be like, we don't want to pee in the pit. Can you actually just make a big gap so one yeah, of us can yeah. take a leak? You know? yeah, make a gap, yeah. <laughs> I remember, you know, establishing some gaps for, you know, various reasons. <laughs> yeah. That was just such a, that's just a fond memory, though, of seeing that large group where it almost – you can't even imagine that they're all in there. There's like arms hanging oh, out. Yeah. They're so stuffed in and it's coming at you. And you're just like, mm, I'm going to grab yeah. this thing. <laughs> yeah. I can There's still no remember way that. They were under that 600 pound weight limit in a car. <laughs> and yeah, and we, uh, yeah, we, uh, yeah, I think I, the I, most people I saw in one cable car was like eight, maybe nine. <laughs> yeah. Happened sometimes. It's funny because the car. That's a memory that's been literally purged from my mind until you just said that. And like, I literally just remembered the worst cable car. As you're saying, and it popped right in my head, the worst, heaviest cable car I ever had to catch on the Dream Street side, though. And it made it almost all the way to the corner before I could slow it down. And I wasn't weak. Like back then, yes. I was pretty goddamn strong. Yes. It was so fucking heavy that even with my feet down, I was like, I'm going to break an ankle. I'm going to twist an ankle trying to stop this. Car. I worked like, out a lot then, too. And I just Holy. remember, like I said, I remember I the remember. arms more than anything dripping outside. They were so stuffed in oh, yeah. the like Four big guys stuffed in there. <laughs> so good. And you know, the, the best way. had the bigger cars at the time before they took the That's old right. ones out and made yeah. the old smaller ones. That's right. Yeah, I remember vividly those, you know, those phone calls I'd get from Tony on the Western end, you know, asking for a bathroom break gap. And I'd be like, well, Tony, is it a number one or a number two kind of gap? <laughs> oh, yeah. like, oh, this is a number two gap. All right, Tony, here you go. Yeah. <laughs> one gap or two. Marcus Just Noble. 
Marcus Noble just posted the comments at Dream Street Cables. We would coordinate with parachutes to turn down the wind speed dial. I actually remember that too. I forgot about that, but I remember coordinating that. I, I, we've done that before too. That's mm-hmm. pretty funny. And, uh, and Debbie King said <laughs> the reason she left 140, she got tired of being called Queen of the Flat Rides. I totally remember that title too. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's not a title you want to you want to wear with pride, except when you get older. You know, <laughs> at the time you're like, just get me out of here, man. <laughs> you know what you I know. never got to do? I never got to work coaster. I don't even think I got to ride coaster when it went backwards. Because that was after my time. Did any of you guys ever get to ride the coaster backwards when they did that? I I heard it was in 1980 for the like some kind of I don't know coaster anniversary or something like that. People always told us about it, but we never saw it. I know they did it after my time. I don't remember them doing it. I mean, that would have had to been before my time then. Yeah, no, I know my brothers did. I was, I was yeah, that was before us. <laughs> yeah. That yeah, I think that was like then. early 80s, super early 80s. That kind of bums me out. I would have loved to have ridden that thing backwards. That had to be pretty cool. I never rode a roller coaster until I started working at the park. Really? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I did one. Fast, I'm, yeah. I'm with you, Debbie. I was a scaredy cat. I rode one, mm-hmm. and it was Runaway Train. That was my first coaster. That was my first one, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, I uh, wasn't, wasn't big on the rides. <laughs> <laughs> It's a good gateway coaster. It's like, you know, yes. it's like a yeah. stepping stone to the coasters of uh, – so yeah. that's a good ride. I like it. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's fun. And everything, yeah, it's fast. It's good. Yeah, you also learn pretty quick if you're in rides whether or not you're afraid of heights. Like real fucking fast, you learn you're afraid of heights. You know, because it's funny. Up until I started working in rides, I thought I was afraid of heights, and then the first time I walked that coaster track, I was like. Not afraid of heights anymore. Clearly, right? You know, like same thing. I thought I was know? too, it's and funny. Then I guess I wasn't anymore. You get yeah. over it very quickly. <laughs> yeah, but it's yeah. funny how now, like that, kind of freaks me out now. Like being a pilot, oh yeah, like that. But back then, you'd yeah. be like unloading the mine train, like in a power failure during a thunderstorm. You know, you know, fifty, sixty feet up in the air, in yeah. you know, strong winds with nothing around you, and didn't even think about it. Yeah, the no, first thing I would do in free fall position, get in the car and lean back against that, you know, it was about three feet high, you know, the other side of the car, just lean back on it and start talking to everybody as casual as possible, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no, no worries, just, you know, 130 feet or so. <laughs> Hey, we got a couple of uh, of, of um, old uh, 120 people popping up yeah, in here. Sure. Uh, Debbie Fay, Michelle Gresner, uh, I.E. Simone. Yeah. Uh, I used to love going up on the top of the mine train, man. Mine train was one of those rides where I, I it's one of the only rides that I ever kind of lost my shit on guests that just didn't want to evacuate. And I was like, then I'll fucking leave you here. I'll just leave you here. You, you want to be left here? Because I'll fucking leave you here. And I would just start walking down the thing with the rest of the guests. And all of a sudden, that person would be like, all right, I'm coming. <laughs> you know? That's awesome. Now, did that have saddle zones? I, I can't remember. Didn't that have saddle zones? I don't let Andy talk about oh, the yeah, mine train saddle, saddle. saddle. <laughs> Yeah, right? Right? It was yeah, a mine train with saddle and a high wind, you know. And, yes. Uh, <laughs> were terrible. That's why you had to work so quickly. Like Michelle said, you know, when yeah. that train would um, – like set up, you'd either have to run up the lip, or we'd be uh, having to push it off the safety brakes, like literally yep. up there running, trying to push. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about those days. We all went up the brakes, there and had to push know. it. That oh, was so fun. Wooden saddle. <laughs> yeah, that was so know, dangerous and so fun. Like run the train off this cat. talk about not being scared of heights. 
you're literally running, pushing this train on a little catwalk way up high yep. in the air. Wow. wow. So yeah. do you think they do this at other parks too? <laughs> they send the employees out to push the train. <laughs> I, I mean, I got to. You'd never I, get I, me to do that now. And I did it back no, then for yeah, $3. I can't dollars. even imagine what they do on a pier, <laughs> you know, or a boardwalk or something like that. That's I will be, say yeah. one, of, one of the things I always loved was that um, – my last two years as a soup, we used to go to Seaside and all their fucking rides, like their flume and everything, they were all arrow paddles. They ran off the same damn keys. So right. we would just fuck with those rides because they would never have anyone up top. We'd be <laughs> shutting them down from up top because we'd have the control paddles. We'd be putting our own keys in and turning the shit off and running away. Like the havoc we created in those little seats. <laughs> it was horrible. It was really horrible, wow. man. Wow. Yeah. All right, folks. Well, it looks like we are running into the uh, the end of our time, man. So, uh, sadly, we're going to have to wrap up. Um, this was awesome. This was Definitely. awesome. Definitely. I look forward to hearing what the East Side brings to the conversation. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> <laughs> I will point out, you know, I do have a Western shirt on. You know, <laughs> I love out, love you know. Andy has his Western Elvis gear on right now. So, you know, we're, we're, it's we're more Hawaiian than Western, love. but I'll go with it. <laughs> From our camera angle, you look like the king, my friend. You oh, look like definitely. the king. So. Western king. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks again to our two special guests for joining us. Uh, we will sign off. I am Thank Steve you Hicks. You're welcome. My co-hosts are Scott Loudon. Chris Beluso. Your co-host now, Andy. <laughs> Andy already. <laughs> and Debbie Levine and Tony Rosa. Thanks, everybody. Until next time, as always, make it a great day. Bye, everyone. Thanks. Bye. Make it a great day. Let me say 1099. Bye. <laughs> I love it. Right.